Have you ever just wanted to wake up and perhaps be somebody new? Well, today's guest, Andy, is able to do that, and she was able to do so under really difficult circumstances. She had what they told her was an inoperable brain tumor, and she had cancer. And yet, one day, she woke up, and she talks all about the process of evolving into this new version of self, the clarity that was brought, the present moment that was established, working through anxiety and therapy and patience, right? In the process of getting back on her feet and establishing a new sense of self. But alignment is a part of it. Coaching is a part of it. Obstacles, as you can hear, is surely a part of it. And she truly desires for every single person she comes into contact with to not only hear her story, that's sure a component of it, but to hear the God within her story. It's why she wrote a book. It's why she's a national speaker. It's why she's a best-selling author and a life coach to Christian women who are looking to say yes and stop living a life on autopilot and instead living a life confident and purposeful and God aligned. And that's who she is. It literally seeps out of her. So I know you're going to love this segment. Check out Andy, the new girl on all different social media platforms. She hangs out on Instagram most just like me. So we would love it. If you share this specific episode, tag us, tag her, Andy, the new girl and me, Tamara Andress or the fit and faith podcast so that way we can share it as well. And if you leave a review for today's show, I'm going to be talking about the reviewers on the show live. And so you could hear your name dropped and I would be honored uh, to just share your perspective. And so I thank you in advance for doing that. Subscribe to the show, do all the stars. You know how it goes. I appreciate you. And I know Andy does too. We can't wait for you to tune in. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> Does it feel like a crazy sound going on? Yeah, a little bit, but maybe it's just us. I don't know. <laughs> I think it might be us because of the sound. Should we take it? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. Yeah, I feel like they can still hear us. Can, they you-, hear- can you guys hear okay if you're listening on Instagram? <laughs> like if we have our headphones out? I don't know. I mean, they're hills, they're hills. Let's do it. Okay. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. I'm kind of close. 
welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. We are so excited to be with you today. We're trying something new. Yes, they can hear us good. This is so exciting. I found out the issue. So every other time that I've done this, I've gone live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, which we are currently doing. And then we've gone live on Instagram. But if the sound is not attached to an earbud, it's like double echo and nobody can understand what you're saying. So... (laughs) We're here and welcome. I'm so excited to introduce you, my dear friend, Andy. You guys, she and I got connected over the course of this year, and it's been such a blessing to my own life. Um, I had an opportunity to coach her, and it was less about the coaching and more about the intimacy that occurred during that season of just being able to be real and raw and vulnerable and understanding that like entrepreneurship is hard. We were literally just talking about it before we got on here. Mm Um, But we're connected, not just because of our similar spirits, but because of the spirit that lives within us Um, and what God has just desperately wanted to do and shown his glory in through our lives. And so I'm excited for Andy to share what that is in her life and how it um, was catapulted through a lot of different journeys, right? Like she's a mama, just like I am. She's a wife, just like I am. She's an entrepreneur, sure. But she's gone through a different perspective of life than I have um, with a a backstory that you have to stay tuned to hear about. But Andy, I am grateful to have you and grateful to know you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm grateful. Likewise, this is such a treat. Thank you. You're so welcome. So we already have some listeners on live and they're saying sound is awesome. So we're going to jump in to the sound of heaven for a bit. So I hope you guys are ready to stay tuned Mm -hmm. for that. And Andy, I I love that these conversations are so loosely planned um, Mm -hmm. because I feel like we do allow the Holy Spirit to just go with where he wants us to go and and follow in those footsteps. And so I want you to share your story. And I know you've done this a thousand times. You're a national speaker. You know, Mm -hmm. you've been on stages everywhere. You also have um, an incredible book. If you guys have not um, picked that up. All of the links um, are in the in the bio, in the dropped links here. We'll do that on Instagram momentarily. Um, but she is a life coach as well, and she mm-hmm. serves people in such a beautiful way. So let's talk about the start. Like what happened? Where and why are you in this place? Oh my gosh, life is crazy. Like we were saying, um, you know, we can connect the dots looking backwards. But when we're in the moment, it's like, what are you doing, Lord? Where are you taking me? Why is this happening? Um, my story starts like, well, my, 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 where I'm at now kind of blossomed from something that was a really hard thing. And it really started out as um, like a little, a little health issue, AFib, right? So it's like, it's something that is treatable. It's really pretty common. It's a family thing. Um, so I had this AFib and I got this ablation and, you know, being, um, I think I was 32 at the time. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm an old lady now. And I have all these like health problems. But um, it was actually just a little blip. So from that, I had this ablation and everything was going great. Um, But I got this migraine after my surgery. And so they were like, oh, we better do some scans in case there was a clot that went to your brain causing this headache. And I'm like, oh, like, like they're thinking I'm stroking out. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I can do all the things. I'm fine. Um, so but they, I let them do the CT anyways, because this migraine was intense. Yeah. And in fact, um, I was refusing it at first because my husband's a fireman and you just don't go to the hospital or get treated for like silly stuff. Like, unless right, you're, right, right. Like, you're, wrong wrong. you're fine. <laughs> yeah. So I went um, and it turned out to be they see something and they're like, we see something on your brain. And they started treating me for a stroke. 
but I knew in my heart that it wasn't that, that something was different, something was wrong. So I left this hospital AMA against medical advice (laughs) where they're trying to keep me. And I felt it in the pit of my stomach. Like, this is not where you need to be. This is not what you need to do. Uh, And so I really, they were like, no, 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 you have to stay. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't. And I was never that feisty and I was never that bold. I've always been like a people pleaser, follow the rules. But the Holy Spirit was like, girl, get out of here. So I started taking off like all of the stuff that's attached to me. And the nurse is like running in with this clipboard to have me sign before I leave so she doesn't get in trouble. And we go to this other hospital that's known for brain, um, like just different brain stuff, right? And so we get there and they do some more tests. And these tests are happening over like that night and into the next day. And I'm feeling okay, but, you know, we're just kind of curious, like why all of these tests? What's going on? Um, And I remember sitting in this little hospital room and you guys, my family, if you have a family that's like in on everything, that's my family. Like they show up all of them for everything. So I have this tiny hospital room with like 10, at least 10 people in there. Um, my, uh, stepdad had taken our kids home for a little, they were three and six at the time, um, for a little break. And some doctors started walking in, like not just one, but a team of doctors walked in our room and I was like, okay, this is probably big news. So, um, Mm -hmm. they, the head neurologist starts talking and she's saying all of these like really big words. I'm not familiar, um, with what she's trying to tell me. I did hear that I didn't have a stroke. So I was like, good news. (laughs) I knew it. And then, um, but she said malignant and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's a cancer word. And I said, are you telling me I have brain cancer? And she just like kind of stalled there and she shook her head. And then the doctor behind her started crying. And I immediately thought of my kids, three and six. And I said, am I going to live long enough to raise my kids? And again, like nobody had anything to say. And the doctor who was crying was pretty much telling me that it wasn't a likely situation. And I later found out that um, this tumor, this cancerous brain tumor, um, was inoperable when the neurosurgeon came in to see us next. And I remember just um, me and my husband, um, he was sitting behind me and I could feel like the heat from him hearing all of this news. Like I could feel it physically on my body. And I asked our family to give us a moment and we just kind of fell apart together. We, we cried. Like it was just an accumulation of all of these emotions and feelings. And then finding this out um, that just kind of bubbled up to the surface. And so we had a cry, but then it's like, we both kind of stopped at the same time and we're like, this isn't the end. We're not accepting this. Um, And we just chose that we were going to do whatever we need to do. We were going to fight. And um, initially they were like, yeah, it's inoperable. So we're going to drill a hole in your skull. We're going to take biopsies. We're going to set you up for treatment, chemo, radiation, all this stuff. And I was like, pause. (laughs) Like 
this is a lot. And we actually had a family vacation scheduled. This was in the summertime. And I wanted to focus on having that moment with my family before things changed drastically. So we went to Disneyland as planned. It wasn't anywhere. Like my husband was not really looking forward to like the lines and like, you know, Disneyland <laughs> is like, really? different, you know, than when you're a kid. But um, it was crazy because when we got this news, everything in life became really clear and really good, really beautiful. It was like these moments are precious. And when we look at life through that lens, it's just like, the perspective is so different and so much more beautiful than if we were to look at it with like doom and gloom and like, who knows what's coming next. It's like, we don't know that. So we're just going to focus on what we do know and what we do have now. Yeah. So it was, it was a beautiful trip. And what's funny is when we were on that trip, um, my mom had the wherewithal to get second opinions and I'm like, Oh, live in the moment. (laughs) Yeah. So she's um, asking and she got me in with, like a, a neurosurgeon who specializes in difficult cancers, brain tumors. And he um, looked at my scans and he looked, we had a conversation. He called me, he like people come from all over the world to see him. He called me on my phone and said, I looked at your scans and not only do I think it's operable, but I think I can take all of it. And so I was like, all in. He called and I got the calls on this vacation, on this trip of all of the pre-op stuff I had to do as soon as I got home. But it was like divine intervention. I felt like everything that had led up to that moment was so perfectly orchestrated for me to even have this opportunity for someone to say, nope, you can't have that. And then have someone show up who says, I can do this. Mm-hmm. It gave this sound, the sense of hope, not just in that amazing surgeon, but in what God had in store for this. I know. (laughs) So I'll be transparent. I have not read the book. I don't know if any of this is in it, but I haven't heard this part of the story. And the last part that you just said makes me think so much of the grace of God and his Mm -hmm. like monumental ability to change what the world says to be true. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're given these diagnoses or we're given these news headlines or we're given this fatal information consistently. And it doesn't necessarily always have to do with health, but we seem to be able to relate to that a lot right now with the state of the world. And then there's that, but God moment. Mm -hmm. And so it just brings that to life that much more. And it's just incredible that you were positioned in the happiest place Mm -hmm. on earth to receive (laughs) Yeah. This really incredible life altering news mm-hmm. um, and to step into that. And, and then simultaneously to know there was two things happening. One, you took a beat, right? Mm-hmm. You, you said, hold on. Yeah. Let me just take a beat with all of this information. Let me continue to do the thing that our family had intended to do. Mm-hmm. And in that time, it gave way for your mom to be your advocate. Yeah. Which I'm a mama. You're a mama. We would totally be doing the exact same thing. No questions asked. Right. And at the time I was like, no, like mom, like doctors are doctors. Like this doctor said one thing, like, let me just, I'm done with hospitals. I was just over that whole scene. Um, But 
you know, moms are persistent. (laughs) And they're going to do it anyway, even if, yeah. And I can appreciate where she was coming from being a mom myself. And so, yeah, I obliged that. And I remember um, putting myself on the operating table when we got to the hospital that day because they gave me something to kind of like, sedate me, rolling me back. But I was like amped up. I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So we get back there and I literally see all the people, all the tools, all the things. And I'm like, oh, this is real. And I'm getting on the table and I'm like talking to all the people. And they're like, why is she so like, like you guys, I have a three-year-old, a six-year-old. I have so much to live for. Um, No, please you know, take care of me. I prayed for all of you on the way here. And, you know, and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I remember laying down and they put the the mask over me and they're like, okay, hon, count down from 10. They were the sweetest people. And I started counting down and, you know, you get to seven and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm still awake. <laughs> but then after that, it was like psh, in like darkness. Yeah. And I remember waking up and I was in this post-op room and um, I woke up alone, but there was like patients waking up around me with like curtains between us. And um, there was a nurse and we were all brain patients. So there was a nurse next to me who was trying to wake up her patient and she was being really loud, like trying to rouse them. And so I'm hearing all the commands she's giving him. And so I'm like doing all the things that she's telling him to do. And at that moment, my inner critic was like gone, but my inner cheerleader was like, Oh my gosh, like you're amazing. You can wiggle your toes. You can read. I was like looking at a poster across the wall. I'm like, I can read like wow. everything. It was like I was awakened to a new sense of self, like this realization that I woke up on purpose and I was surprised I woke up, but I woke up on purpose and I felt like if God did this, then he's capable of so much and I have purpose still and there's still more. So incredible. Yeah. And you're getting the praise God comments and, yeah. and people on here because it is, it's, it's a miraculous story. And I think sometimes when people um, share stories like this, there can be that sense of, of feeling where my story is not that great. Mm-hmm. I wake up every single day. Right. And it doesn't seem like there's that component of this and then this. Now I have a, mm-hmm. that piece of my story. It's drastically different, but it's the knowing mm-hmm. that some people don't have that. I hear people say, I don't really have a story. I don't really have a testimony that, yeah. that bears witness to me sharing. Like I had a great childhood. Mm-hmm. I had good parents. Like this yeah. is kind of where I am. I had the boy and the girl and all those things. So talk me through, cause mm-hmm. I think you are such an encourager of, of people. Um, yeah. Talk me through, how do you encourage people who don't feel equipped to share a story as magnificent as yours. And I say magnificence, we all know that there is worthiness to every story, but what's your encouragement for those people listening who are feeling that way? So I feel like adversity is totally relative. It's totally relative to where we are in our lives and what we've been through. And um, I'm really open about my past experiences too. Like I had, I was um, sexually abused as a child. I had come from a broken home, a poor family, um, I, um, that if, when I had that AFib too, I thought that was like the end of my yeah. life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these things happen, but they refine us and they prepare us for the next thing. And I just think it's such a great, um, way to look at things that when we are going through something hard, no matter how comparatively to other people, I mean, we look at the world right now and Christians are being persecuted with their whole lives. 
And you look at that faith and that's inspiring to me. And I'm not in that situation. And when I was in going through what I was going through, I was watching other people who learned how to be happy again and learned how to overcome after they had been through hard things. And they had a totally different story than mine. A guy I was really watching closely was a paraplegic who came back from the war and his wife had to take care of him. And as a man, you know, with pride and all of that, and I'm, I have maybe a little more pride than I should as, you know, <laughs> sure. and I like to kind of relate, you know, I needed help tying my shoes and cutting my food. And, and this was his life. Like I knew that I could come past that. Some of yeah. these things. And, um, so I would look to other people persevering and that gave me hope. And, and I think that that's good. That's, it's good that there's people that have had adversities beyond yours because then you know you can do it and you know that impossible is a total lie, that everything is possible and that we're not statistics. We're not in a box. We don't have labels because like we can rip all that off and our identity is in Christ mm-hmm. and he paid the ultimate sacrifice for us and he's our healer and our redeemer and all of these things. And so every day that we wake up, God says, I'm not done with you, no matter if you're in an adversity or things are going really great. Like you can use all of it, all of it for his glory. Oh my goodness. Okay. We're done. Just kidding. We're just getting started. This is a crazy, awesome podcast. You are such a gift and it's so, it's so necessary for that continued expansion, but we know that Mm -hmm. after those surgeries and in that process of healing, like a lot of other things were still taking place. Like you had a business that was Mm -hmm. operating, you had children that you wanted to pridefully take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And so talk us through like, what was that journey like on the other side? And you came to that clarity moment Mm -hmm. of everything being new again. Um, And I know that's a part of your now brand. And so talk Mm -hmm. us through um, that transition as well. Well, it took time. It took time. I think, um, you know, I went through, you're on this high, right? You, you're surviving, you, you made it, you defeat some of these odds, but yet you're giving other odds. Like in this process, I was also told that, um, even with a full resection, I had a one in, uh, three chance of surviving 10 years. And so I'm thinking, oh man, like God, you brought me through this. And then now you might take it all away. Like why? I don't understand. And then someone told me statistics are not a God thing. And I was like, that is so true. And like, we always like think about where all the dots line up, but there's outliers and there's miracles. And so I'm like, why can't I be one of those? And, and I watched people walk ahead of me. And then I'm thinking of like, you know, all of these other things, but at the same time, like my body's reacting to this trauma. Like I'm not sleeping. I'm having anxiety. Um, Like you said, I have a business. But at the same time, because it was my own business, because, you know, the beauty of being an entrepreneur is you can pivot whenever you need to. And I had business partner at the time who picked up the slack for me and our employees picked up the slack for me and gave me all the time I needed. And I, in that time, was focusing on being really intentional. And I I think that if we don't fill ourselves up, if we come back before we're ready, and if we go headfirst into things when we're running on fumes still, we're not going to be able to put what we want into it. And we're going to get super frustrated. And I, I did that because I wanted to come back faster than normal to work, to working out, to being alone with my kids, to raising them. But I'm having seizures and I, you know, I'm still learning how to like come back from some of these deficits and typing is a huge part of my job and my fingers weren't really working. It took forever to type like an email. So 
grace was the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate thing that I had to give myself and pour into myself. I needed to talk to somebody. I needed a therapist to help me through this stuff as much as I resisted it. I was like, nope, I'm not going to a group. I'm not going to therapy. They're just going to dig up all these things. That I've You're hard-headed. You're much more hard-headed. She was not like this when I was coaching her. She was so no. great. <laughs> I know. I was like, and that's the thing is I realized like you can't just keep pushing stuff down and expecting everything to just be fine. Yeah. And like time heals all wounds. That's bull crap because it just makes it infected and it makes it worse. And so I learned all of that the hard way. And that's probably why I'm so receptive with you and my, my therapist as well. Like this is something like real, like we have to do the work and we have to make sure that we're ready to come back and not force it. Yeah. That's so important. And I think people can tangibly hold to that no matter what their Mm storyline is. Um, and especially comparative to that health place because your body is actually inhibiting you. Mm -hmm. But we think about that from a physicality and not necessarily from that mental health perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. my son had an, what he told the people was an ear infection on the third day of school last week. And they like, oh, like he's a little warm. He definitely doesn't feel good. So we got him and we took him to the pediatrician. And the pediatrician was like, oh, it's not even really red. Like he's totally fine and he can go back to school. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay, cool. So it's just a little bit of an allergy. Like his ears are just popping. Yeah. And so he was like, no, like so sad, right? And the doctor was like, well, you know, sometimes, you know, it's good for them to have mental health days. Well, my eight-year-old now understands what mental health days are. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's not working like that. I do believe that, that there is a process for them right. as well to take that deep, but not on the third day of school and not anytime soon. Is what right. it is. Quick commercial break. I know I hate these things too, but it's so critical that you grow your business for God's sake. And I mean that, pun intended, with all the love in my heart to get you from a place of ideation to activation. Stop dreaming, start doing, stand up, start saying yes to the call that God has on your life. We are going to be joining in Lexington, Kentucky with none other than the beautiful Rise and Grind community with Glenn Lundy, who will be co-hosting this incredible conference. This is the second annual, and he has taken me under his wing to be able to share this stage to motivate and inspire and I cannot wait to see you there November 5th through the 7th if you want to come in for the VIP experience which who doesn't want to come along for VIP that's all access passes to the speakers and the artists and you'll be able to dine with us in the private rooms with your own special bathrooms so of course come one day two day three day passes available as well and we cannot wait as Glenn and I say to hug your neck see you there I have the curiosity as you were sharing about mm-hmm. the therapist experience, because I remember too having this massive perspective on the, ther- the therapist as a whole, mm-hmm. that therapy experience. What does that say about me if I mm-hmm. am going to see a therapist? And so when I first went and had that couch experience, I actually rejected the, the process as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not in a willing, submissive mindset at all towards it. Yeah. I was almost talking myself in circles by the time I left, rather than being in this state of receiving yeah. or surrender. I was like um, almost in a more of a stance of pride, even though I needed space. I needed mm-hmm. this space. Talk me through like what happened with you in that. So, um, 
I verbally processed a lot in that first meeting. And I didn't realize like, you know, I'm one of those people who gets in my head and I just like let things go wild. And to verbally process is something that I realized the importance of because you can't just like cut yourself off and go off to the next thing. Like you have to make like something make sense for the person who's listening. And so sometimes hearing these things out loud, she would just stop and be like, really? And I'm like, oh, that, that does sound gross. Like that is, that's definitely not true. Um, so I think that really like helped me that she was not afraid to call me out. Like I needed somebody who would do that. And you yeah. can know, like my best friends, like they know, like you can call me out. And we, that's like our thing because we need someone to hold us accountable. And until then, I think um, there were so many people that loved me and they were letting me heal the way I wanted to. But that there's a difference between enabling somebody and like really helping somebody move past these blocks that they're having so they can get better. And um, I had, we had um, our 10 year anniversary was coming up and there was this trip to Hawaii. And we, when we got married, we spent all of our money. We were real young. We spent all of our money on the wedding because we wanted a bunch of people to come. And then we had no money for our honeymoon. So we're like 10 year anniversary. We're going to go to Hawaii. And so like, we had saved up and we like had this plan. And then my therapy became about getting on the plane to go to Hawaii because I was like, it's, I was like a, like just, a, I was shaking. I was so scared and panic attacks all the time. Um, like I knew, but my body wasn't like in alignment. And so that's one of the things like that I teach when I coach is like your mind, the way that you think and the thoughts that you believe and the things that you feel and the way that you act, like those all have to be in alignment. And when one's not in alignment, then we have to get to the root of that and figure that out. And once I did that, it was like, okay, I can, I can do the hard things. I can get on the plane. And so I had this motivation too. So I think maybe if you are going to therapy to have like some kind of motivation, like what is it you want out of this? And not just showing up just to show up because if you're passive in the experience, you're going to get a passive result. Mm, that's oh yeah. So good. That's so true. <laughs> and I think that was a huge part of it for me. And I think even thinking through the process of the people who are around you and keeping you accountable in that season, mm -hmm. um, there is a difference between people who are just surrounding you and the people mm -hmm. who you've actually given access to the yeah. fact that you've had those conversations with people and said, listen, keep me sharp. Like I am here. Iron sharpens iron. Like I am mm -hmm. here to be sharpened. I'm yeah. not here to sit and, and peruse through life with you. Mm -hmm. It took me a couple of therapists to find the one who was like, uh-uh, I'm going to call yeah. you on that. Yeah. And I, I had never allowed myself to be read before. Mm -hmm. I had never allowed somebody, even my husband at that point when I was experiencing therapy to really see the inner workings of my brain. And mm -hmm. so the fact that you were able to just like, <laughs> like, right. Like, just like, how it come out? And then for somebody to be on the other end and not just receive it and take notes and like affirm mm -hmm. what I'm feeling. Cause that's what happened at the beginning. They affirmed yeah. what I was feeling and the things that I was feeling were actually wrong because they were rooted mm -hmm. in wrong motivation and belief systems. Right. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So I think people have this perspective that therapy is just going to be this like massive visa sob sesh, or mm -hmm. they're just going to go back and like pick apart your childhood. And I know people who are like, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm past <laughs> all of that. And you're like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Have fun with that. Let me know yeah. how it goes. But I believe like unpacking those things and even walking through what you did to be able to have the understanding of the belief systems you probably even were still holding on to at that yeah. point has now allowed you to be in the trajectory and the path of purpose that God has put you on 
now. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. to say that you weren't walking in purpose before, but mm -hmm. how have you seen that evolve based on not just this experience, but just life? It's just been, it's unexpected. It's always unexpected. And I, um, as I was going through this and I was sharing things and I wrote my story and I, I wasn't intending to write a book, which was funny. I mean, I knew I was writing something and I, I knew I wanted my kids to know um, that they can do hard things. And my mom had, had shared with me that she had uh, compiled and printed like all of my social posts over like a year when I was going through this stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you're on social media and you're like doing it, it's on your personal page and you're just saying stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't know if this is the story I want to share. Like I wasn't intentionally thinking like right. save these posts for my kids one day. And then I kind of felt like, man, is she like preparing for me to die? And like, this is what she's going to hand them. <laughs> like your mom. Yeah. And I was like, you know, you let your mind yeah, go. And I was like, All right. Okay, no, and I'm going to throw them away. And I'm like, so if she's going to throw these away, I got to replace them with something. So um, I, I started writing and it just kind of came. And I, I, I initially have to say this, I was trying to take God out of it because I wanted so many, I wanted the broader audience to know like hard things are overcomable. Everything is overcomable. And when I did that, I got stuck. I got writer's block because God was a huge part of my journey of getting angry and him coming, you know, back and me coming back actually. And he was already there and, and learning how to take communion for healing mentally and physically. And, and all of these things that were part of my story that I was trying to take out when I put them back in, it just kind of flowed and it just, it was amazing. Like I just kind of, I wouldn't stop writing and writing and I, I wrote it so quickly. And then, um, you know, it came to pass. And other people started reading it and they were like, you know, taking stuff away from it. And I was like, you got something out of this from what you're going through that's completely different. And the feedback I was getting from that and then the connections I was making from that um, were I was meeting people and, and, and helping people just kind of like serving them through my experience just all over the country. And, and the world even just kind of like having these conversations on the side. And then I'm having people, you know, wanting me to help them officially and professionally. And I was like, no, 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 I'm like not certified to do that stuff. I'm, who am I? You know, like, so I pushed that off for years um, until it was like a parent. It was like God saying like, no, 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 no. And so I, I did move forward and I, I found my, my foundation in him again to coach people through what's going on in their lives and, and, and how to get through these transitions that we have or these hard spots. And so it's really been like my own experience coupled with faith and then also learning this whole component of the structure of helping people and like how that looks and, and seeing so many varieties like over the years, just, you know, out of my service that has helped me help people in deeper ways now. So it's, it's been crazy. I love, I totally love that you had this like um, epiphany of the journey, right? Where it was an epiphany that he was like consistent, consistent, <laughs> persistent, persistent. Like, I'm going to put this in front of you. I'm going to position it so that mm -hmm. you cannot walk around the detour that I'm putting in front of you and say, hey, mm -hmm. um, I feel like that was something that happened with me as well. And, and I think it's really important that people um, take a pause when that happens, not mm -hmm. the pause of like, 
I'm going to quit everything. I'm going to throw it. This is the purpose. I'm going to run towards the purpose, but more so the questioning and the processing and the receiving of those blessings or God winks or whatever it is that you call them. And so Mm -hmm. now as you help people persistently um, on a regular basis and and understanding that I am sure the gamut of um, situations has been brought to you right? Like every hardship ever. And you're thinking, how me? Why me? Like, God, I surrender that I don't even have the answer to this one, Mm -hmm. but clearly they're positioned with me for a reason. Talk us through from a coaching perspective. What do you do? What's your like processing like for that? So I don't have the answers, but all of my clients have the answers. They know, and God's going to give them the answers if he hasn't already. And so my my job is to really just help them uncover those things. Yeah. And we get a little bit deeper, you know, than that surface level stuff. It's like, well, what, you know, like not just this thing happened. It's like, well, what happened? And, and when we talk about like so many people don't understand their feelings and where their feelings come from. And it's like, it made me feel like this. So I did that. And it's like, no, like, Something can't make you do something or make you feel something you don't want to feel. So just helping people understand it's like there's there's belief systems, there's thoughts that you're having after you're aware of something, after you're triggered by something that is causing you to feel something. And when we feel something, it changes our total biology. And the more we do that, the more we're going to be in a certain state. And so it's really a matter of like getting to what is that belief system proving it wrong because 90% of the time is wrong. And then like replacing it and growing those good thoughts, growing that inner cheerleader I was talking about so that that inner hater can just be quiet and let you live your life. Um, But there's just, there's so many things that are interconnected, just helping people be aware of like how their, how their mind works, how their emotions, their biology, so they can be in control of it. And God gave us this amazing spirit. And so many people are afraid. So many people are timid. And I always go back to two Timothy one, seven, it says, God did not give us a spirit of fear. And in the NIV version, it says timidity, which I love that one too. Cause it's like, it's both like, we can't be like, you know, Um, but he gives us a, spirit like a he's given us a spirit and we're made in his image of power so we have power we have like authority love which is like the greatest thing and self-discipline so we can be in charge of our bodies and what we do it's not an accident we are not like just accidentally living our life like we have intention we're supposed to have intention that's so, just so good. The, yeah. one, the word that kept coming to me as you were explaining, like the forefront was the word apathy mm-hmm. and how I feel like a lot of times we are living in this like mundane cycle of apathy. Like I feel this way. This is happening to me. Mm-hmm. This is what my circumstances and and you just walk that out. And even if you're a cheerful person, you can still have a lot of apathy. Even if a lot of things are happening really great in your life, you can still have a spirit of apathy. And Mm -hmm. so being able to remove that piece with that intentionality changes everything. Doesn't mean when you have intention that everything is peachy king. It's just like when you come to know God, like he doesn't just like wave his merry fairy wand or the lamp like the genie, right? Like that's not how it works. Um, But what I found most um, critically in that patience process that you were talking about is Mm -hmm. is the process of threshing and what that actually looks and feels like. And every single time I'm reminded that there can be different seasons um, of threshing that then help you harvest something totally different. Mm -hmm. And so we often feel, and I say this up to myself, I can't believe this is happening again. 
or why is this happening? I already overcame. I already overcame. I already overcame. Why is this in my face? I don't want to do it again, or I don't want to do this new thing. I've already gotten to this level of alignment. I already get it. And so I think when we talk about intentionality and also the process of threshing, because I know that you still are being threshed and sharpened mm -hmm. on a consistent basis, like how do you create that inner critic or that inner cheerleader mm -hmm. beyond just those three steps, which I think are really powerful on, yeah. a, on a daily basis? Like how do you cheer for yourself? Well, I remind myself when I am being um, refined, as I like to call it. Yeah, that I'm sounds way better than fresh. <laughs> fresh feels really like tossed to and fro. Well, that's how it feels sometimes. Our world gets thrown around and we're like, oh my gosh, it's a mess. And then it's up to us to put everything back where it goes or put it somewhere new, somewhere better. Like I didn't realize that needed to go there actually. And so I think of it as instead of an obstacle that I'm being faced, a new opportunity to go through something. And I feel like if God's giving me more adversity, that means that he must really think I'm capable of a lot. And so that's kind of like this inner cheerleader saying like, hey, like, if he give, he's giving this to you, that means he's going to do something with this. And that's my ultimate desire is to do his will in big ways. And I can't do that being small and playing small. I have to be brave enough to do things that are uncomfortable. And we all have like our level of comfort, right? Our comfort zone. And it's always a little bit bigger as we get older and grow, yeah. right? But it's, a, it's like, it's safe because we know it, but that doesn't mean that it's good or that it's best for us. And that's why people stay in hard situations or keep making the same mistake because they understand that, that circle. They understand that comfort zone. Yeah. But if we can step out of it in positive ways with intentionality or like something happens to us and we know we have to do something that's a little bit scary now, but we'll have a payoff later, we do it because then we're expanding our level of comfort, our comfort zone. And so it just keeps growing and growing and we keep just getting better and better. And like, let me tell you, like just coming back to, you know, something physical, tangible we can talk about is like, I'm not anymore, but I was a super claustrophobic person. And that stemmed from some childhood trauma. Yeah. And so when I was getting in the, the seat or the MRI machine, oh I needed to be drugged up every time. Yeah. And I was like, I am not like. I finally got off all of these drugs for everything that I was going through and all of my treatments. I don't want to willingly put like substances in my body that aren't good for me. So like nothing's going to happen. I'm not going to die if I do this. Like it's going to be uncomfortable for 45 minutes, but what's the worst that can happen, you know? Yeah. So I started doing that over and over again. And here I am and I don't need anything anymore. You know what I mean? It's just so like awesome. a tangible thing. But it's like so many things in our life, like public speaking, I would quiver at the idea. And it's like, well, I'm being called God. So I'm doing your thing. I feel like yeah. uh, Moses, you know, he was like, yeah. well, I'm and I'm like, I can't do this. But the more I do it, the more comfortable I get. So my comfort zone is growing. And that's just what I try and like help people understand is we're not meant to be here, you know, yes, yes. Break the glass box. Yes. I had, um, I was at a conference in New York city for breakfast with champions, which I know you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. And, um, they asked our neighbor to write down three adjectives that we've learned of that person. Now rem remember I'm in a room of, of strangers at this point, mm -hmm. other than maybe clubhouse interaction, which yeah. is only so intimate. And one of the words that a new person who I had never even seen heard or spoken to ever on social media at all, he wrote down the word disruptor and he wrote down mm -hmm. the word God 
and he wrote down the word joy. And I was like, holy cow, like that is incredible. Mm -hmm. One, he's not a believer. So the fact that he wrote that, I was like, well, thank you that you see like God enough, or I've spoken about him enough in the short 24 hours that we've been with each other. Joy, because I try to exude that because it's like my, Mm -hmm. I believe my natural gift. But then that last part disruptor, I'm like, how could he have gathered that from me? And so I had to inquire. And I think when we think about comfort zones, we think Mm -hmm. about we know we're supposed to get out of the boat, right? And and nothing about getting out of the boat feels comfortable. You don't have the tools. You don't have the ability, like all the things intentionally, because Mm -hmm. God's intentionality is for us to get uncomfortable so that he can show us what true comfort is. True comfort is in his loving arms, in his grace, in -hmm. his mercy, in his ability to cover all things that Mm -hmm. seem impossible with impossibility. And so I love, love, love that we have an ability to call that out in other people. And I think it's really important, especially when we've walked through it, to let people know, just like yeah. we said, we're willing to be sharp and let them know, mm-hmm. I think you're a little too comfortable. Yeah. And I think it's okay that you're uncomfortable when you do this hard thing. Mm-hmm. It's intentional. Yeah, it totally is. And it's like, when we think about, you know, all of, all of the things you were saying too, like I, something I've come to really like find comfort in when we're doing these scary things is like, you know, we always think of God's provision and that, and some people, and I used, maybe you think of this too, or some people do thinking, well, that means God's always going to take care of me, but that's not what it means. Not at all. It means that God is the provision. And so if I'm inviting him into this story, like he is the provision of this. He's, if I'm inviting him into anything, the hard things, the good things, he's going to do something with it. And that is the comfort that helps us step out of the comfort zone. And I think like sometimes we get lost in that. And a lot of times if you ask someone, um, they don't necessarily need to be called out. It's like if you just give them enough time to yeah. like talk, you're like, mm, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they just see your expression and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, like, I know I, what I need to do. Yeah, because I don't want to lead them down a road that doesn't feel authentic or right yeah. to them. Yeah. But I want them to see that there's multiple ways to go about things. Not everything in life is fixed. So many things we think are fixed are totally flexible. So totally true. flexible. That's so true. And and I don't think I've heard that often spoken about fixed versus flexible mm-hmm. uh, and, and understanding that. I think if you think about it from a perspective of faith, people would flex the, the Bible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so talk me through like the perspective of like what it, what's fixed biblically versus what's flexible with God. Like that feels like a big yeah. conversation. And normally I don't go like, I think God and the word like that is fixed. Yeah. But there's things we don't quite understand about it. So our mentality about it can be flexible. And so there's things when I'm reading and I'm like, oh no, like, uh -uh. Like, that's not right. Like like, my my pride as a woman, you know? (laughs) And so I will go and I'll dig a little deeper. And there was, for example, like there was um, some, Um, I don't remember what book I was reading, but it was about how women should be quiet in church and ask their husbands, you know, questions after church. Mm -hmm. I was like, hmm. So I did some research. I didn't just take that at that and get upset. I looked and, and the blue letter Bible app is like my friend, like my, my nerdy Bible resource. 
and anybody can get it. But if you click on it, you can get text um, commentaries from scholars on all of these things. And what I learned is that in that time, these Gentiles who were coming into the Jewish church, like they didn't know how like the rules were, how to like keep it. Like so that the person who was preaching could actually preach, but he kept getting interrupted and women and men sat on different sides of the room because probably men were distracted. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, probably. Um, so the the women would be like, you know, their person's over here. And so that was causing like some kind of disruption in the church. And so I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like they're just trying to like make sure everyone hears the word, you know? And so I think when we take the time to really dig into some of the meanings of the Bible and really understand the truths in it, we can change our fixed perspectives on that so that we can live more in tune and more in line with the mm-hmm. truth of the word and not like, be fearful like you know fear god it's like it's like a respect and a reverence you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. it helps us deepen our relationship with him and we can yeah. take that it's interesting i it, as you were saying it what how i was processing it and it could be wrong again i'm i'm learning as as i'm yeah. receiving just as a listener is but i feel like religion is very fixed and mm-hmm. i feel like jesus is very flexible yeah and i don't mean that he allows us to do things and so yes there is free will which was a, a component that was chosen by him to allow mm-hmm. us to have um but it makes me think through like the flexibility of grace yeah right and that he, he i watch the chosen a lot and Ooh, it's I love so it. good <laughs> and i think through the fact and I, I hear that i'm echoey i guess on instagram sorry you guys we're trying something new so we'll figure it out next time um but is you would watch the disciples who he is literally like this close with right like mm-hmm. so close as flesh so close to be able to walk hand in hand which we pray for every single day can imagine being in that state but he allows mm-hmm. them to fall he allows yeah. them to fumble. He allows them to figure things out and to argue and to say the words they shouldn't say. And mm-hmm. he could easily nib that in the butt. But sometimes he's just standing there smiling, yeah. just like we do when our kids like do something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I laugh and I'm like, oh, my God, you don't do that again. But, but it's, it's hilarious. Funny. <laughs> yeah. and so I can see like his uh, sense of humor come to life in the flexibility of who he is based mm-hmm. on grace and based yeah. on that vast amount of love as you're sharing and also through that show. I agree. And he, I mean, right. Like God came to us in human form. So he understands us. He understands that things in life are going to take us and we're going to respond in different ways. But when he allows us, like you say, to have that human experience, that just makes all of our days get better and more purposed. And when we wake up, it's like, okay, God, you're not done, you know? And if we're too afraid to like make those mistakes and to fail, then it's like, are we really living or are we just alive? And I don't want to be someone who's just alive. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that that's a gift, but like, dang it, if he woke me up from that surgery and he woke me up today, I want to live. I don't want to just exist. Oh my God. Um, I want to change yeah. every title. I've wanted to change the title of this so many times because it's so good. And uh, I hope that people are taking notes and are able to come back to it. And if not, I know that they can get their hands on your book, which mm-hmm. will have some of these gems as well as through your coaching program. So I'd love for you to just share a bit about where's the best place to hang out with you and how they can get integrated um, with more of your teaching. Yeah. So Instagram is where I hang out the most. So um, I'm Andy, the new girl on Instagram with a Y. A-N-D-Y. I don't know why. My name's Andrea. And like, I guess oh. maybe, I don't know if I did that when I was little, but everyone called me Andy. So I have the boy spelling of Andy. 
I love it. It's always funny. Um, but anyways, Andy, the new girl on Instagram um, and everywhere because it's not taken anywhere. So on Clubhouse and Twitter and all the things, but I mostly hang out on Instagram. Um, and then Andy, the new has all of my stuff. So I have free resources. I have a life practice, as I like to call it, articles. So you can really like find something that you might be struggling with, like finding your community or um, something that has to do with your emotions or, or you know, anything that you're really looking to. That library will have some kind of hopefully help for you and inspiration. Um, and then I have some different coaching options. I have personal coaching and then I do a program. So it's kind of a 12 week and it's all in step. You know, we, we know what we're going to do every week and, and it's all faith based. And then I also have a mastermind that's quarterly. So that helps us be in community with like minded people who want to level up a little bit. So good. Yeah. You are such a gem. You have and you guys, we didn't even tap in to all of her <laughs> business knowledge and marketing background and agency mm -hmm. that she started. And yeah. it's it's amazing. Like you have to get integrated with people who have those shared experiences, but also those vastly different experiences that help you to live a little better, live a little bit more alive. And that's exactly mm -hmm. how Andy always makes you feel. She makes you feel new again, oh. which is the name of her book. And I want you guys to get your hand on it, Healing through perspective um, and just interact with her because she's a real human, not a highlight real human. And I am grateful for everything that you're doing in, in the other side of the country. And eventually we're going to come together. Yeah. <laughs> so stay totally. tuned for that. Yeah. Andy, we love you. Everyone's singing your praises. Thank this you. is so good. Thank you guys for being here and we'll be in touch soon. All right. Thank you so much. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamara.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.